go on a Friday. Welcome back to Critical Condition Sports, wherever you may be and however you're listening. Thanks for joining me today on another exciting episode. Man, it feels great to be back and getting back to the gist of things here. I'm very pumped uh, to all you fight fans and anybody that listens to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Great pay-per-view that we got in store for you this Saturday, man. UFC 269 on ESPN Plus, live on pay-per-view, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. It's UFC 269 being headlined by Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. And today, it's all UFC. We got a UFC 269 breakdown for today's episode. I'm joined by Chelsea Torres, who's awesome. She knows her shit in MMA, and I'm very pumped to have her. It's kind of becoming tradition to have her on here for these breakdowns. And, uh, you know, we'll go over the main card, and we'll go over a couple fights from the prelims. But overall, this fight is freaking stacked, man. I'm so pumped. I got two Instagram Live interviews going on uh, for tomorrow on Saturday. Um, those have not been announced. Look forward to getting an announcement on those Friday night. Also had an episode, uh, another opponent's episode for everybody that dropped on Wednesday with Claudia Diaz, who is a mixed martial artist for Combate Global, known as formerly known as Combate Americas. She's awesome, man. It was great to talk about her journey. So go out there and check that out on all podcast platforms and YouTube. But today, here we go. Full on UFC 269, 269 breakdown. And also, at the end of this, we'll be actually be going over our thoughts on the Tommy Fury uh, pullout fight. I had a couple words to say to Tommy Fury. So, if you enjoy, maybe not drama, but you enjoy historic rants on there, you go go ahead and listen to that. I kind of step out of character there. So, go ahead and check that out. Real quick, before we get into the episode, I just want to remind everybody to please follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports and on Twitter at Condition Talk. And if you're looking for extra content or you just want to look at these videos, uh, sorry, at these interviews through uh, video, go ahead over to that YouTube channel. Type in, go on YouTube and type in Critical Condition Sports and hit the, or just hit the link in the description below. Hello, folks. Check that out. Please like, share, and subscribe. It helps the show. And yeah, man. So now we're we're getting into this, man. I'm so pumped. Uh, huge things coming for Critical Condition Sports. So stay tuned on the Instagram page. I'm so pumped uh, to be able to announce a lot of things coming. And you know, we're 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 rolling with this, man. Always elevating. You'll get the predictions here on this episode. Thanks again, folks. And let's get with that interview. Welcome back to Critical Condition Sports, folks. It's fight week. Finally here, UFC 269 is coming to you live from Las Vegas this Saturday night, 9 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus, pay-per-view, all that good stuff. And if you don't want to pay for the cards, don't worry, folks, because the prelims are just as stacked as well. Today, I'm being joined up, joined by my good friend, Chelsea Torres here. How are you doing, Chelsea? Jose, I am so happy to be here. I'm doing very well. I know you're doing very well, and I'm just excited to talk about these fights. Yeah, you know, it's, it's almost becoming tradition, right? We're talking about... Each paper you guys are coming along. They're huge fights. You know, 2022 isn't going to be any different. But for right now, last fight card of the year. It may not be the biggest fight card, but it's just as stacked as the other ones. I'm very excited for this. It's a huge fight fight night. You know, main event, Charles Oliveira defending the lightweight championship against Dustin Poirier. You know, again, lots of question marks going down here. But before we get to the main event, which is I'm sure what people want to talk about in here, we're going to go all the way down to some prelim cards, right? Because there's some prelim fights here that are awesome. And it's really stacked, right? It's stacked for the sake of, you know, it just not being so long here. I want to talk about a couple with you. You know, we have on the on the actual like prelim card, not the pre prelims. But the actual prelim card, we have Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige as a feature bout there. You know, Josh Emmett hasn't fought since June of 2020. 
Mm-hmm. Dan Ige, unfortunately, coming off a disappointing loss to Korean Zombie, a fight that a lot of people thought he would win going into this fight. I mean, how? what do you think of this fight? Who, do you have a winner yet? Can you give us a prediction of how you think this fight is? What are your thoughts? Sir? Okay, so what I'm thinking about this, I think I never really give the guy who's coming off a huge layoff the edge here, right? Absolutely. So I'm already, I'm going to go right away and just say I think Dan Ige is going to win this one. Um, I really like that fight against Korean Zombie, Zombie, but not only that, but he has a pretty good um, resume of fights, you know, like – I think for me, though, for this, and this is what his third fight of just this year for Dan Ige, uh, the first fight he had this year, he won in this last one, obviously, against Korean Zombie, he lost, unless I had that mixed up. No, you're correct. Um, But, and both of them went to decision. From what I know, he has only had one loss by decision, Dan Ige has. So I just like the way that he looks personally. I feel like his fighting style is a little bit stronger. Um, and I, I just kind of give him more of the edge here. I'll keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, no, for sure. But the thing about, I like Danny Gay a lot. I'm a huge Danny mm-hmm. Gay fan. The thing is, I felt like every time he's positioned to have this big moment, whether it was a fight against Calvin Cater, Fight Island, you know, remember that he lost. Korean Zombie again, which, you know, wow, Korean Zombie looked totally different, came in with a different game plan, was able to outclass Ige in that fight. It seems to me like whenever he's positioned to go out there and take that next step, he's falling short so far from what we see mm-hmm. i like emmett emmett uh you know emmett's won you know a couple fights there and he's was on a roll before the acl the only thing that's concerning is not just the long layoff but the acl tear right because those kind yeah. of injuries we've seen some of the, some of the athletes like in the nfl right or the nba struggle coming back from that but i'm going to go ahead and take emmett here i'm going to take emmett i want to keep it interesting um i'm not putting that in a parlay because, again, there's a little bit of unknowns there. We want to make money as well here, folks. But I'm going to take Josh Emmett. What about Dominic Cruz, though, versus Pedro Munoz? Interesting fight, right? Two crazy vets going at it. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Two crazy vets going at it. I think this fight could honestly go to decision. Um, I think Pedro, though, could win this one if he just remains tough and applies the pressure. I feel like Dominic Cruz, he's kind of, you know, he's a vet and he's, we've seen such great things from him, but I feel like in his last few fights, you know, I just don't know how much longer he can hold on. Like he does great analyst work. I I guess I'm just curious, like why, why keep fighting? Um, And I get it, you know, as an athlete, you want to keep going, right? You, you love that. Yeah. Like you love the fight. You want to keep going for it. Um, But also with Pedro, he had just a recent loss to Jose Aldo. And of course, Jose Aldo just won last week, but I just see Pedro probably winning this fight as much as I want to really? go for Cruz. Wow. Yeah. And as much as, I wanna, as, <laughs> as much as I would love to see Dominic Cruz win, because I genuinely like him. I've been watching him for like ever since I've been watching UFC. Um, but I think just in a fight like this, I think Pedro could win this fight, but I would see it going to decision if that's the case. I feel like Dominic's going to pick him apart, to be honest with you. I think that. So, and I like it, like, you know, here's the thing with Dominic Cruz, right? I feel bad for the guy, right? He's had so much success, right? But I think we don't, we'll never know just how great he could have been. We've seen him at his best and it, and he's looked top notch besides that Cody Garbrandt fight, you know, or maybe that first loss to Uriah Favor, which happened so long ago, regardless, you know, Dom, the thing about Dom is I truly feel like had he not been for those injuries, I feel like we would have been talking about this guy in the Mighty Mouse conversation and the Anderson Silva conversation with, which was, you know, dominant champions, right? Or just dominant reigns and just dominant times 
for their weight class, right? So the thing about Dom is it's disappointing because we'll never know just how good he is. Um, you know, unfortunately, he lost to Henry Cejudo. Long layoff. The guy doesn't believe in ring rust, but let's be honest. Come on. It, you know, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, went out there, fought Casey Kenny, was able to bounce back. Casey Kenny gave him a fight. But again, even though the guy hates it, right? Ring rust, I'll add it to that. This is the first time in a few years, or at least in a few years, that he's had to at least more than one fight in the same calendar year. So I'm looking for him to understand, get his footing in. He understands the rhythm. I feel like with Munoz, again, kind of like Ige, right? When you're ready to take that next step, falling short from what we've seen no disrespect right but that's what we're doing here i think dom's going to be able to come up to the rise up to the occasion he's been there before i feel like if he truthfully wants to go out there and do something in the bandweight division i feel like he needs to win this fight i think that all the pressure's on him do you think dominic cruz because since this is his second fight this year do you know anything about his camp and how that's been going I know I believe it or not that those those California guys keep everything pretty hush hush over there from anything that I've seen. Um, really, from what the people that I've been talking about, no one's really got an in and out with right there. You know, Dom's such a private guy. Um, I actually do not know anyone from that camp area right there because so the, so I know like Tyler Diamond over there, but Tyler Diamond trains from like a different camp there with him. Okay, but he doesn't know those guys. So you see, it's really hard to kind of gauge just how good he is. I think he's going to come back. I'm going to take, you know, not just the vet, but the more accomplished vet here, been in high spots, pressure situations. If he truly wants to do something like, you know, Jose Aldo, like what we're seeing right now, the resurgence, right? I yeah. truthfully feel like Dominic Cruz is a guy that we you wouldn't want to bet against. And I feel like when you talk about Jose Aldo getting that resurgence, that's kind of something that we hope to see from these vets. And that would be nice to see from Dominic Cruz, especially after his most recent loss this year so that'll yeah, be yeah and Cejudo, Cejudo clipped and good stoppage yeah, might have been definitely. debatable right but it, it is what it is but let's go to the main card right because yes. starting off the main card is a guy that is probably the most popular unranked fighter right as people have said this guy controls things the guy's not a pushover this man you know is allegedly undefeated still right in his eyes and you know to everyone in the UFC, he carries word because he tells Dana no. He tells him, no, I'm not going to fight this. I'm going to fight that. I'm going to fight this. They're playing ball with him, right? They're working with him. And I'm talking about Sean O'Malley right now. And Sean O'Malley is going to go up against Paiva. Ro- I, I think it's... I'm really, really not good at pronouncing. Here you I, go. Okay, Part three in this earlier. series, you're mispronouncing names. Here. <laughs> I heard it earlier and I was like, whoa, I didn't know that's how you pronounce it. I think it's like Halyan or Halyan Paiva. Paiva is at least how you say the last name. I don't know how you how you say the first name, but that's yeah. okay. So Paiva is at least that's that's how you pronounce that last name. Who you know, it's a tough fight. I was very surprised that he got this kind of a fight. Uh, Paiva was ranked, you know, in the top fifteen, number fifteen, but still ranked regardless. Not sure if the if the rankings fluctuate because a lot of people are saying that the rankings have changed. But regardless, tough fight, three fight win streak. You know, gone on there with some dogs. He had to overcome some adversity against Kyler Phillips. So it's not an easy fight for O'Malley. But let's face it, Chelsea. I think O'Malley, O'Malley is the better fighter here. I feel like he's going to be the fighter on this night. And I feel like, believe it or not, I feel like he's going to stop him. Unlike Mutino, I think like he's going to stop him. I think what it comes down to is how, how serious O'Malley is taking this fight and how calm, cool, calm collective is because I feel like he grew from that Mutino fight. What are your thoughts on this? No, man, that Mutino fight was, O'Malley put on a clinic in that yeah. fight. 
You know, and I think uh, when you watch that fight, especially when Herb Dean stopped it, I think some people could say it was controversial, but either way, even if he didn't stop it, it was only 30 seconds left in that fight anyway. And O'Malley would have won. I mean, and that's what he is, though. He's a striker and he really showcased that he's I think most of his fights have been won by knockout or TKO in the first couple of rounds anyway. Um, I think the only way Paiva could possibly win is if he keeps up his stamina, if he really applies some pressure. But then not only that, I've noticed with a lot of his past fights, he's had problems with weight cutting. So I'm very curious to see just, you know, if he will have that stamina, if this fight will be hard for him to weight cut. I don't know. I don't know what his camp has been like, Um, but I have Sean for sure winning this fight. Yeah. And here's, so the thing about Paiva is that, you know, Kyler, Kyler Phillips, right. He's a kickboxer, right. Notoriously known for kickboxing. Got great grappling there. The thing about Kyler, right, he had Paiva finished in that fight. And mm-hmm. Kyler just emptied the chamber, right, and just gassed out. And it allowed Paiva to come come back and be able to mount that comeback. He won by majority decision there. The thing is about O'Malley is I think that if Paiva's going to beat a guy like O'Malley, first of all, O'Malley's got to be patient, right? He can't overexert himself. He can't gas out, which obviously doesn't look like he's capable of gassing out so far in his career. For Paiva to win, he's got to mix it in and try to take this guy down. We yeah. don't know what Sean is on the ground. Mm-hmm. Really, he hasn't really. Been I think tested. he's a brown belt uh, in jujitsu, but you know. Yeah, but you know, in the, in in a fight, when you're dealing with punches and when you when you're dealing with a bunch of high level grapplers like Paiva, I believe is a black belt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be From very Brazil. intriguing. Now again, yeah, again, <laughs> he has to get in there and get in the pocket though. It's a lot harder. It's a lot easier said than done. It's going to be a hard task to be able to do that with O'Malley. I think Sean gets it done under two rounds. Okay. Under two rounds. That's that's what that'd be the better place under two rounds for people. Yeah. I definitely don't see this going to decision and I see Sean finishing it for sure. What, what do you think about uh Kai Kara France versus Cody Garbrunt? very interesting one here. Cody's moving down to 125. Yeah. This is very interesting because quite honestly, um, I know that Cody has again, star power also, yeah. but his past few fights, it's not like he's on this huge winning streak. Right. Nope. Um, Three and out then- of four he's lost. Yeah. And then Kai Kara France, he won his last fight. But if you watched it, I think, because I definitely wrote down notes. Um, he's he's uh, won two out of the last four. So it's kind of kind of a mix, okay. mixed results with him. Okay. Yeah. Kind of the same. And I think Kara France, he's tough. He's powerful. He has strong uh, striking. Um, but he also, so that's what it was in his last fight. I remember watching this. He almost got subbed like numerous times in this fight. And then he was able to come back. Um, he does have good defense, but I don't know this one. I want to go Cody just because I'd like to see him get a win <laughs> just because, you know, the fan favorite, honestly, um, I like seeing Kai. Wait, can you still hear me? Okay. I don't know if I press something. You're good. Okay. Um, I would still like to see Kai obviously put on a good fight, but um, I think I see Cody winning this. I don't think it'll go decision though. I I agree. Yeah. I think Cody could probably finish this in the second. Um, I'd be curious to see if this goes down on the ground because Cody's obviously a wrestler um, or has that wrestling background car France. He comes from New Zealand. He also did a lot of training in Thailand. So um, like kickboxing and and jujitsu and all of that. I know that, he has that good grappling defense. So I'd be curious to see if there's going to be any ground action in this fight. Definitely. I think Cody gets it done. Um, here's the thing about people. People, you know, the media likes to blow things up like, oh, 
how's his speed going to get affected, right? He's dropping all that weight down. People seem to forget that Cody Garbrandt isn't a huge 135er. He's in that middle range. So I don't feel like the cut is as bad. Now, he looks super thin. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw the picture. He looks super thin. Doesn't look too bad. But I don't think the cut, you know, obviously not there to camp, but I don't think the cut can be that bad for him. Again, he's not yeah. a huge guy. Some of these other guys are cutting down from 155 to 165 just to make 135. So mm-hmm. I don't, I think that's kind of being overblown right here. I think the, I think what this fight comes down to is the last fight against Rob Font. I think Cody was trying to show off the boxing, right? Trying to move head movement and try yes. to just land the jab, right? And I think it's nice and dandy, but Rob Font was just picking him apart and Rob Font was able to get his timing right. So I think with Carl France, I think what Cody's got to do is just be able to utilize his jab a lot more and set and create that distance. And here's the thing, like for Cara France, if Cara France is playing the game of, hey, I want to outpoint him and I'll box this guy, Cody's going to finish him. Hands down, right? It, there, that's just not a smart thing to do. So I think Cody's got to be patient, fight his fight. And I feel like he's going to get the knockdown. I feel like he's fought a lot tougher guys than Cara France. And with Cara France, we're getting kind of mixed results, right? Hell of a fighter. But at least, you know, Cody's lost to the cream of the crop. Yes. Cream of the crop. Sure. That one fight against, you know, was it Munoz happened? It happens. We all get caught. I feel like this and I trust me, I don't want to bet Cody Garbrandt. I really don't. Right. It's probably my last bet I place on Cody Garbrandt here <laughs> yeah. telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, just, he, him and the Atlanta Falcons and Penn State in college football. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this to myself. It's anymore. hard to rely on them. I know right now. I know and my cousin's listening <laughs> to this and he's making a face like you're going to bet on this guy right now. But I'm, de- I'm doing the bet. I'm doing the bet. I'm putting money on Cody Garbrandt here. I think he gets it done. I don't think it goes to a decision. I feel like Cara France is the perfect opponent to introduce him here into the, into the 125 pound division. And I feel like it'll be interesting. Cody all the way. I think he's going to win this. Hopefully I'm right there. Well, I'm go. telling you, I'm telling you though, when, whenever there's, there's some people for whatever, whatever happens, I put money on, I bet I put Alabama against AM and Alabama loses, you know, he so, lost. Yeah. yeah, so it's some of these people, man, sometimes I put bet and I'm like, I, I think it's a sure thing and it happens and I just don't bet them. Let, let, let's see what happens with Cody here. But moving on to the third, the third fight before we get into the championship fights here, we have Jeff, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, you said that so good. Look at that. I know, right? People over here chuckling too. I'm telling you right now, we're getting better at this. Getting better, it's not on purpose. I like Ponzinibbio to be able to beat Neil. What do you think? Um, I like Ponzinibbio also. I think the good thing about Neil, this is a good matchup. Neil has had some great fights, even though he's lost. So he's uh, lost against Wonderboy and Neil Magny. But those are those are tough fights. Yes. Very so fights. to me, that even though you're going to lose, you're already having some great experience. And I remember um, Jeff Neil's post-fight interview against Neil Magny, and he said that. Um, He obviously wasn't disappointed in the loss. He understood it was a great fight, but it was all about mentality. And I think that was just earlier this year. And so I'd be curious to know how he's changed his mentality from then until now. Um, I think I also saw, didn't he like get arrested recently too? He did get arrested, homeboy. Yeah, I think he got a DWI allegedly, right? Because I don't know the facts here, but they're saying that he didn't have a that apparently his blood was clean. His blood alcohol content was clean. That thing that they okay. had plated and that the weapon he had, he actually had a license for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not worried about that. I just thought, yeah. man, that's kind of interesting, but um... <laughs> so I'm telling you, man, the media, sometimes the media, man, we get stuff and we're just savages with that. 
<laughs> they really are. Um, Ponzinibbio, I think he did beat Neil Magny, though. And he, I know that that was more of a back and forth fight. I watched that one the other day. Um, but I would like to see Ponzinibbio win this one. I hope I'm saying his name right. Ponzinibbio. Nope. Yeah, we said it here at Coco Condition. That means it's right. Um, but yeah, I, I think he can get this one done. After watching Jeff Neal, uh, to me, there's just nothing like no star power that comes from him. Um, and, and Damn, cold. I don't know. It just, <laughs> just nothing impressive. You know what I mean? And Santiago, like, man, he's obviously a little bit older. I think he's, what, 35 maybe? Um, I, I, could actually, be I actually don't have his age on here. But so I think he's, you know, a little bit more vetted, but I know that the guys that he's won against, again, tough fights. Yeah. So I just feel Ponzinibbio will probably win this one. Yeah, I think the odds here were like a pick them are pre- pretty damn close. Last time when I saw them, at least through Bet Online. Now, with Ponzinibbio, I think the biggest thing is so Neil is a southpaw. So I think yeah. the biggest thing is you got to take advantage of using your hooks, right? Because if you use your hooks as you're going in there, it's easier to get into and in, to get to land against the southpaw. So I think that that should be the strategy, right? With Neil, it's a matter of just being careful. Um, don't let this guy clinch you because if he clinches you, it, he's, it's all it's going to turn into a point battle right there. And with a guy like Santiago here, you don't want to do that. I think again, Ponzinibbio would take this one down here. But moving on, I want to move on here to this championship fights, right? Because this yes. is why people are listening here, folks. Juliana Pena is going to challenge. Amanda Nunez, the GOAT, I don't care what anyone says, the absolute freaking GOAT, Amanda Nunez, 21-4, and 12-fight win streak, man. People are losing count of how many times this, this, uh, this woman has gone out there and has just derailed careers, ended careers, put people into retirement, shout out to Misha Tate, and just <laughs> done a lot of work on some people and just ended dreams. She's like the Grim Reaper. She is ends dreams here. Megan Anderson, no disrespect. That fight was over the moment Megan Anderson walked into that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it was bad. It was criminal. She's just she just takes your will away. The only the only two human beings that I'd be interested in watching Amanda Nunez fight would be you know Chevchenko, of course, and then Kayla Harrison. So other than that, we need Amanda Nunez to win so we can keep those hopes alive, right? And you know. Shout out though, Kayla Harrison talk reps talking to the UFC right I now. Would like to see it's, that. Going, it's, it's going on, they're talking, they've that got contract talks, so interesting. it's interesting here. So it'll be very interesting here with Juliana Pena. I thought that she had a legitimate shot to be able to beat Amanda Nunez, but then after I see her run her mouth and just run her mouth and mm-hmm. run her mouth, here's the thing, folks when you have somebody like Amanda Nunez to go up against who's an absolute animal right i dare anyone to argue you know her being the goat especially in women's mixed martial arts i'm talking about the goat just in general i mean she's done it all pretty much i mean as soon as you're talking about a, a you know she fights you know kayla harrison and was a, is able to beat kayla harrison which i'd favor her there i'll tell kayla i said that <laughs> i'd have to edit this one out but i'm telling you right now that's it i mean what else is there to do right? What else is there to freaking do? And to go out there, you know, and pretty much dangle this piece of meat towards this lion that is Amanda Nunez out there is not a good way to start things off. I think I'm and, and there's one thing we know about Amanda Nunez is she's cool, calm, collective. She's very mature. Yep. Not trying to play into, into the games here. 
And Juliana Pena hasn't been very consistent. Uh, enough said. I think you know where I'm leaning towards with this fight. What do you yeah. think, Chelsea? Well, I think this is simple. And I think any MMA fan who has watched Amanda Nunes knows that she's going to win this one. Um, I think it would be interesting to see go past, you know, the first couple of rounds. That would be cool. Uh, I just want it to be a good fight, honestly. And yeah, and yeah. I just am afraid that Amanda Nunes is just going to outshine, you know, Julia Pena, which is exactly what everybody's expecting. You know, I think everybody's really putting their money on Amanda Nunes and probably because obviously she's just stronger striker. Um, I think the only thing, maybe anybody who might want to go for Pena could possibly say, Oh, like maybe grappling. But even then I just, I think Amanda Nunes wins at at all facets of this. Even people that know her don't believe she's going to win this fight. I'm not going to give you Pena. Really? Yes, oh, I'm not gonna give you names. And yeah, we'll talk about it after we get up. <laughs> okay. But even even people that that train with her don't believe it. So enough said there, folks. Let's get let's get on to that that the negativity there. Let's yeah. go here with Charles Oliveira against Dustin Poirier here. Look, folks, we breezed through that first fight because let's be honest here. Andy Nunez is possibly the biggest betting favorite without a doubt. But this fight here is completely different, right? Can go either way. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Will the dream? and journey and here and just come full circle for Dustin Poirier or will Charles Oliveira put a stamp ended and move on against Justin Gaethje. That's the real question here. You want to go first? Sure. So I don't know who I have winning this fight. I'll say that first. It's tough. It is tough. And at first I was thinking Oliveira, but you know, you keep thinking about it. And I also like to factor in um, not only, you know, a lot of people say you're only good as your last fight, but I like to factor in a few of the past fights that a lot of these fighters have had, as well as their mentality and kind of where they're at, right? The great thing about Dustin Poirier is we've seen him improve every single fight. And not only that, but in the fights, he continues to improve and he's so tough. He's so strong. Um, and I, when I say tough, I mean, mentally tough, like he is not going to go down. Like he's just one of those guys that you could, I could easily see this going to decision is what I'm getting at. Um, Oliveira, the reason why I thought, you know, uh, from the beginning that he could easily win this is just because there's so many different ways he can win this, you know, whether it's uh, a submission striking, any of that, I feel like Oliveira could probably have the edge there. Um, I guess the only way that I think Dustin could win this is if he just really has one of the best fight nights that he's ever had. Yeah. I mean, he's interesting. (laughs) I know it really is. It's, it's hard to decide this one. And I would like to see Dustin win just because I think he has, um, again, when you, when you talk, like think of them as a people, you know, as as a person, I feel like Dustin has a better story. And again, he's just, he's had such great fights. He's had such an incredible year. He's so hungry for it. And I feel like he deserves it more quite honestly, but um, she said it, (laughs) but I don't, but who would I put my money on? That's the hard question that I don't know. It's okay. That would probably be okay. That would probably be like a game time decision, honestly, for me, if I was actually yeah. going to bet. Well, I will be betting. You're the guest. You can do whatever you want on this thing. Okay. But <laughs> I, unfortunately, because a lot of people have asked me now, who's my pick here? Folks? Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm being held accountable here. 
by by some of the audience here. I've, oh my goodness, I have to give everyone a pick here. You believe that? Do it's it. hard. It's hard. But look, people, and you know what? People, especially like my good friend Corey Mack, like to criticize me and say that I am just a numbers hog. I'm an analytics guy. And here's the thing: How dare you, Corey Mack, if you're listening to this? But I look at the numbers. I, I like looking at data, right? But there's something that there's a story that numbers don't tell you, right? How the actual fight went down, the eyeball test, what I call it, and what many people refer to. So here's the thing: Charles Oliveira strikes landed, and we're talking about their entire careers, right? Because these guys. So a fun fact here is that these two guys fighting and meeting will actually be the second most fights that each fighter has combined, like combined put together in a yeah. fight. So it's the second, no, actually it's the most. And then the losses that they have is the second most amount of losses between two fighters going at it in a championship fight. Wow. They've had long careers, right? This guy's, yeah. And that, and that's uh, due to uh, Mike Bond right there that did that research there. And then junkie, great guy. Now the number, here's what the numbers tell me. So in their long careers, strikes landed, like the accuracy of the landing strikes, Oliveira, more than, better than Dustin. Takedown, takedown percentage, success rate, Oliveira. Submissions, Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Finishes, Oliveira. Right? These are all these numbers are telling me, right? Doesn't Oliveira so, have like the most finishes or something yep. like that? Yeah. yeah. Oliveira, right? So going, going over that, right? And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, wow. I mean, because a lot of people are saying in the media, like, again, overdo this. Like, Dustin's going to win this fight. Dustin's going to win this fight. Dustin, it's like a damn hands down, right? I think to myself, okay, it's, it's a lot harder fight. Last week, I was telling myself, I think Charles. Then when I look at Dustin, though, is, you know, another fact. You know that Charles Oliveira is the only UFC champion to never have competed in a fourth or fifth round? Really? Nope, never. So I was thinking of that. And then I think of, hmm. you know, the adversity. Both guys have overcome adversity. Mm-hmm. And then I start looking at okay the road right, who has Charles Oliveira beaten? Chandler, I love Chandler, entertaining fighter. If you had to book the most exciting MMA card of all time, Michael Chandler would be in that card. That's how exciting he is. But it can be hot or cold. Look at the Justin Gaethje fight. Then you look at Tony Ferguson. Beat Tony Ferguson, but Tony is already kind of go on the down spiral of things. You know, uh, right? Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee again, same thing, down spiral of things. Uh, and then after that, it's not a lot of names that are recognizable to casual fans. But the hardcores it. may know it. The, the, the hardcores may know it, right? Mm-hmm. But not the casuals, right? I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. So we're looking at Dustin, right? The wars he's had. Gaethje, Alvarez, Holloway, Hooker. Adversity he's overcome. Losing down, down 2-0 against Hooker. Who Dan Hooker is a tough guy. I don't care what anyone says here. Able to come back and beat that. Lost to Khabib. Cool, man. Everyone loses to Khabib. Yep. Enough said, right? Then he goes up against Gaethje. That fight was so insane. You know, came back. Overcame that, you know? Then you look at Holloway. Even fight. Needed to make a play, pretty much, in the fifth round to, to wrap that fight down. Did it. Dustin Poirier has come through in the most clutch scenarios here. My only concern is the level of training and the level of preparation and intensity that he's put. Because let's be honest here, Poirier versus Connor. Anyone that was betting on Connor McGregor, Jesus Christ, what, what are you looking at, man? I thought it was a hands down for Dustin. And it was, and it looked. 
It looked the mm-hmm. part, you know, it looked every bit of every bit the part. So the preparation is a big thing. But if I know anything, if I know Tim Credor, if I know AJ Fletcher, some of these guys that train with Dustin, is this guy does not take any days off. I'm doing this right here. Dustin Poirier is going to finish this fight. Third round. Ooh. Finish right here. Third round. You, and, I, and I was going into this thing saying Charles was going to win this thing mm-hmm. in the second. I switched it up. I said, you know, the level of competition that Dustin's been able to overcome the scenarios where Dustin's been able to come. I know there's no damn quitting Dustin. And I think that it's a very lame point for people to say that, Oh, Charles doesn't have any heart. Charles is a quitter. What the hell are you talking about? Just see that Michael Chandler fight. You know, this man is changed because people do change. People do change. So I think that's a very moot point, but again, just Dustin, I feel like it's his time. I feel like it'll be the Cinderella story. I'm not a fan of Cinderella stories here. But I think I think Dustin gets it done. I like it. I'm telling you, man, it was hard. It was hard. That is hard. And again, I mean, it, like you said, it, I mean, Dustin, he improves every single fight and he's gone against some of the best in the UFC. You know, I don't know. This is going to be such a good fight to watch, though. It's going to be interesting. But like, you know, moving on here, folks. So. That is our UFC 269 breakdown real quick before we even end this show. We want to go over the last thing here. And Ms. Chelsea Torres told me to let's talk about right here. And we got, so if you didn't know, Tommy Fury was supposed to fight Jake Paul. Yep. September 18th. Showtime boxing, right? Believe it or not, folks, don't judge me. Don't judge me here. I was actually going to buy that fight. I was. I was. Not anymore, though. Tommy Fury pulled out of the fight. You know, Tyrone Woodley's back. I mean, what do you... I'll ask you what you think of that, but real quick before that, I knew Tommy Fury was going to pull out of this fight. I've told everyone this weasel wasn't a pull out. Tommy Fury, I'm telling you right now, and I'm, I'm I like to keep it calm, cool, calm, collective, especially when we're doing journalism here and we're we're talking about these things. But I'm going to tell you something right now. This man is a sorry excuse. He is a weasel. Okay, talked maybe didn't talk a lot of shit, but had his family talking shit for him. Ran his mouth at some point, you know, at some point ran his mouth to draw towards Jake Paul and called him an easy fight. Tommy Fury, Jake Paul is more of a boxer than he'll ever be. Straight up here. Okay. And if you want to say, oh, you won't say it's his face. I'll say it his face. And I know he'll fight me because guess what? I'm on the category of people. Tommy Fury fights, you know, <laughs> he fights people with no box. He fought a guy that was 10 and 102 folks, <laughs> 10 and 102. You know, so yeah, I, who is this guy? I, I just don't know, man. Know. MVP, man. I'll, 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 I'll text you. I'll text you his name. <laughs> MVP, though, man. That guy was the little engine that could, man. Ten and hundred and two. Then you went to fight a guy that was zero and twenty six, and then two and twenty six. Jake Paul. I think people need to stop hating on Jake Paul. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But Jake Paul's more of a boxer than Tommy Fury will ever be enough said you can you can you can you can take it off my hand that was so cold i loved it um the only reason why i want to talk about this because i feel like it's i don't even want to see tyron woodley again. <laughs> i don't want to see him with jake paul i i didn't really care so much about the tommy fairy fight i know you i already knew about this of you so i knew how you felt i just want to see <laughs> jake you texted paul. me the, the breaking news man <laughs> I did, but I meant like when they first announced him going yeah. against Tommy Fury, like I knew you were going to be like, oh, what the hell? Who gives a shit? Because this yeah. guy's obviously not much of a boxer, yeah. but I would like to see Jake Paul like, be, okay, okay. 
we've already seen that he has some kind of talent. Like it's obvious. If he can get into the ring and go against an actual UFC fighter going against, you know, all these guys, then it's obvious he has some talent and he trains. So you can't deny him that, right? He is putting in the work and he's promoting himself. I mean, he's the Dana White of himself. Like he does exactly what he needs to do to put these shows on and they're and they're on showtime, you know? So I know that Tommy Fury, I think he wanted to push it back and obviously at showtime, Hey, you can't do that. So that's why they were like Tyron Woodley, you know, come back. And for Tyron Woodley, I think him, it's just another payday, you know, it's just a way for him to rack in that money. And, you know, I actually saw a tweet the other day or whenever day that this broke and somebody had said, and I wish I like actually paid attention to who said this. So this is not from me, but um, (laughs) this person said like, I bet Tyron Woodley's going to come in, he's going to win. And then they're going to have a trilogy. Cause, and I'm like, damn. Well, you know what, Chelsea Torres, you know what, what? (laughs) believe it or not, before we got on this, yes, my buddy, I'm betting on Woodley. Yeah. To win this fight. I think he can win this fight. And I don't know what it was about the first time around because he seems so hesitant. And yeah. I know there are rumors going around, oh, he wasn't allowed to knock him out, this, that, and the other. Screw Dylan Dennis, man, too, man. I, I can't believe that, that they would really have that as a rule. But he seems so hesitant. So I would hope by now, having that tattoo on his freaking body, that he's like, okay. This is my time to actually do some shit. They give an incentive, actually, now. I don't know if you heard about that. So uh, if he knocks him out, he gets 500K extra. Okay. Yeah, I did hear that. I mean, that's a big incentive. Just to knock knock him out. Win the fight via knockout. As long as he's not hesitant, he'll get that 500K. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I may have to go to the dark side and not pay for this thing, though. I was going (laughs) to pay for the Tommy Fury thing. You know, I really was. I was looking forward to it. I had money that Tommy Fury was going to get knocked out by Jake Paul. And here's the thing. People hate on Jake Paul because whether it's talent or not, people hate on that guy because people hate on success, right? The yeah. guy's successful. The guy's managed to pick up, you know, boxing, right? Train in it. Put on these shows. He has Showtime Boxing. Yep. You know, calling him, setting up these events. And they're selling out and people are paying for this. He's got a market for people watching these things, you know? I'm not a, I'm not a fan. If you know my good friend, Corey Max, a fan of this stuff. You know, he likes... The he likes the whole show thing, the showcase, the concerts, the movements, everything that's going on there, you know. And and I think there's a market for everything for the audience. Not my cup of tea, just not my cup of tea. It'll be interesting, right? I think I think people need to stop hating on Jake Paul so much, man. I don't. I just the fact that people call out Jake Paul and then call Tommy Fury real boxer, brother Ben Askren is a better. <laughs> Is a is a better athlete than Tommy Fury in combat sports. Tyrone Woodley's a tougher fight for Jake Paul than Tommy Fury is. I think he's just a weasel. I don't think he wants that fight. And I feel like the moment that Jake Paul would have knocked him out, I think his family would have disowned this guy. And I, I think I think it's a joke. And yes, I'm sure Tommy Fury can come kick my ass. I, I look at my credentials. I, I seem to fit to fit the mold of the people he fights. So that, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. Chelsea, thank you for joining me on this MMA breakdown here. You want to anything you want to let the audience know before we sign out about these fights or anything else? Um, I mean, some good news, at least, I guess we'll end it with that. I know Holly Holm was inducted into the 
Boxing Hall of Fame today. Hey, or, so I mean, that's on her. yeah, big time. So um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> well, and then the positive note here: Savage Chelsea Torres, Jose Montes here from Critical Condition Sports. Thank you all for joining us. Enjoy the fights and be safe, guys. I'll catch you later. Goodbye.